1: Celebrate. I'm Ms. Fendiari, Light Years Podcast. We are now...
2: Let's just stop with the numbers. It doesn't even matter anymore. It's... We, we, we just... It's just a, loses. It it's a victory lap matters. podcast. <laughs> oh, PJ Tucker missed a bunch of shots, but the math says... <laughs> the math says... God, I, I, like, I think what bothered me more than anything all year was people fawning over Houston and not having a critical eye at all about them. It's like, and just the same smart people, people I expect to be better than this, being like, oh, will you see what position, what they score out of isolation? I'm like, yeah, Harden is one of the best isolation players of like, I don't know, the last 40 years, as long as I've been alive. That doesn't mean it's going to work if that's all you do. (laughs) It's just it's so obnoxious. It's like it's like how many years of basketball have you watched to know that you need counter moves? and they all they do is run the same shit over and <laughs> over and over and over and there's it, you've never seen a counter from them and like maybe they're hiding it. I've always said maybe they are, but no, I don't not. I don't see it like so we, we've seen this song and dance they they blow you out in game one they they'll they'll put up a fight because they have a lot of talent but like good teams will figure that out pretty quick
1: (laughs) you know they uh what's funny is they shot they are literally the jump shooting team that people love to make fun of the warriors for they are the epitome of that they shot 27 percent from three tonight and literally that there was nothing else there it was i watched i only watched like the last six minutes of the game and i would watch chris paul godspeed just dribble into the middle have a wide open mid-range or james harden dribble into the middle wide open mid-range take that shot instead they kick it back out to pj tucker and just the map says it's a better play but at the end of the day who do you want shooting that shot in crunch time be whether it be a two or a three right what's right. The, like the percentages might be like hey you need to shoot the three but let's take a look at who's shooting right pj tucker he might be fine, but like like you have said, actually, this is your, your thing. Like you said the entire season, just because he can shoot threes and he shoots them at a good percentage in the regulations does not mean he's a shooter.
2: Yeah, I mean th- there are a bunch of standstill dudes who can hit some shots. And it, here, here's the thing. Let me simplify this. Spacing is beneficial for their stars more than anyone. So that's why you see Harden just scoring out of his mind. Like D'Antoni draws it up in a way that gives Harden as much space as possible and no one can guard him on that Island. Right. But once teams start figuring out his tendencies, they start over, they start helping in certain ways, sending guys from the weakest shooter. Whoever is on the Island with him starts figuring out some of his tendencies and He's just not going to score as well as he does in the first game. It's like I said, it's the greatest plan A, but uh, best of seven is all about counter moves. And where's the counter move? The counter move is kick it to PJ Tucker standing still in the corner. Like, come on, man. At least with like, (laughs) at least with like Stevens, Pop, Kerr, Spolstra, like they have a bunch of guys who are PJ Tucker level shooters they find ways to get them back cuts. They find ways to get them like easy layups. And it doesn't always work, but like they're they're in constant motion that you're gonna find you're gonna find easier looks than what the Rockets are gonna be in for by game three, game six, you know. Just keep running it back. You're just giving your opponent the same look over and over again.
1: So you know, you know what pisses me off? You said it earlier. You know what pisses me off the most is that smart people actually believe that this was a thing that could be sustainable repeatedly, not just against the Utah Jazz because at the end of the day, they might still win the series. They're going to win the but series. Against the, but against the Warriors. They think that this is a thing that is sustainable against the Warriors. Now, this is good for us. Because it makes us look smart and that's really I mean honestly dude that's all I care about, right? It's just hey, we look smart, we can tweet all day. I got, but it's people, like we got I got smart laughed at for
2: saying they're gonna they could beat the Rockets without Steph. I believe it now. That I kinda okay. want Steph I want Steph to just let's kinda re- let's relax. I just want roll Steph to let's let's let Steph rest. Let just so he could be <laughs> full, so he could be fully healthy so he can get that finals MVP. Let's do it. I just I, I want I need the intellectual beat down i need to watch like the rockets win game one handily and then the warriors myriad of like 18 high level wings to just start switching everything and making it unguardable and then it comes down to who do you trust more hardener kevin durant and that's a no-brainer oh
1: um, do we should we talk about the warriors i want to talk about katie or should we keep on the houston slander i'm okay with that because well we, mean, should, we, we should
2: we should end it with um they should have the series. But <laughs> look, listen, listen,
1: listen, man. Chris Paul
2: Utah Utah's <laughs> and, better coach. Utah's a better Utah has It's not a,
1: about that. It's not about that though for me. It's about they got James Harden. He's the best player on the floor. But outside of that, outside of that, I hey, James Harden's great. Actually, I, I'm cool with that. I don't really don't have much for James Harden in terms of Slater. But for Chris Paul, he's he has a very good chance of getting outplayed by the likes of Joe Ingalls, Donovan Mitchell. Like I don't see that being a surprise. Like I can see that happening, him being outplayed in crunch time. Like that's not, that's not crazy, dude. Like we've seen him before. Like, by the way, that's the old?
2: other thing where him in a Dan Tony system, is just like, you know, he's great. He continues to throw pinpoint passes to Ariza and, and, and PJ Tucker, you know, like, what are you doing for me, bro? Right. It's, I don't know. No, he, he's, he'll be fine, but I mean. <laughs>
1: I don't know, man. I don't know. I, ju- I just watched that game. His, You know what?
2: He, he has got worse, and his decline is far more subtle because he's still incredibly smart. So he's not going to like – like when Westbrook declines, it's going to be ugly because he's not going to realize it. And it's going to – well, actually, a better example, Melo like Melo's decline's been incredibly ugly because he's unaware of it but Chris Paul on the other hand um knows is smart enough to know how to like pick his spots better so he's never going to like decline and be like a 40% shooter you know like he's going to still I shoot mean, they, 48% nice
1: but he's still 58
2: yeah exactly but i I'm, I'm just saying his decline is is a lot more subtle where he passes up shots he wouldn't pass up 5 years ago because he knows he can't get it off the way he used to,
1: but they need him. That's my yeah, thing is they well, need him to make too. those shots. Yeah. yeah, like like at some point, maybe not guess like you are saying, man, I, I agree. Like they probably win it in six, but at some point, they're going to need CP three to ignite and, and drop twenty five at least per game, and that's not a thing that's going to happen against Clay, against Iguodala, against Yeah, Livingston. but it is going to
2: happen against Donovan Mitchell, who, by the way, uh, just just tell me me saying he's the rookie of the year. Is not crazy. I, I, Simmons gonna win it. I can. I, I'm totally cool with Simmons winning it. I buy every argument, but it's a. It's close.
1: I don't know if I want to do a Simmons Mitchell thing, but yeah, I mean, I mean, um, I,
2: Philly's gonna Philly's gonna pull up all my anti-process tweets from 2015, 16, when they get to the finals anyway. Yeah, when they get, so, to the I, finals, might as well, yep. so I might as
1: well lean in now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it can, I mean, either way's fine, right? I, I guess if it's what you value, if you like how Donovan Mitchell can get his own shot, and he actually wants to shoot in crunch time, that's fine. But overall, through the entirety of the game, Simmons is probably better. But I mean, it, it yeah. really, for, for Utah, they need Mitchell, you know what I mean? So like, that's the thing, like, they can't play Simmons, like, if they had Simmons, it'd be bad, so, um, well, Philly with Mitchell would be nice, actually, but that's would what they be. got Fultz for, that's what they got Fultz for, anyway. If only um, they
2: took Mitchell over Fultz. <laughs> oh. Anyway, let's, uh, let's transition to the Warriors. Um, we've taken enough of a victory lap for game two of the Western <laughs> Conference semis.
1: <laughs> yeah, what should we talk about? I mean, this one's a better series immediately. Within about five minutes of that game two. Well I should say first quarter. It was already a better atmosphere and just actually that game one crowd was pretty good. That, that game, game one crowd was great. Was insane. Um, but I don't
2: think um, you can just Steph coming off Steph first sub, like how loud was that? Just walk me through it.
1: That was <laughs> so they he it was like a false start. He had to check in, check back out, check back in. Because they didn't know whether to put him in or not. So the crowd kind of was like rumbling. And then they didn't announce his name yet. So guys weren't really noticed. But then the moment they announced his name, probably the loudest it's been all season. I don't think it's close because this season's honestly been kind of whack from a crowd perspective. So that was – and here's the thing. There is no louder sound than when Steph makes a three in that arena. Not even – nothing. Literally nothing is So this is actually really interesting. That's why KD shoots threes, by the way. That's why he shoots pull-up threes by the way he wants that anyway i can talk about that later but i i very much dislike the fact that he's shooting a lot of pull-up threes i think it's kind of a thing where he wants that same reaction that steph has but oh,
2: i disagree he's always put that in him and i think they kind of are telling him to shoot more threes and a little less from the mid-range just because like you know it's
1: a... get to the hole man that's well yeah that right too now.
2: um I don't know, man. The guy shot 42% from three on the year. He could take a couple <laughs> less dumb ones. It'll be, coming. Like, yeah, it'll be coming. Yeah. He'll be coming. I mean, yeah. he's, he yeah. can still
1: shoot it. It'll come. This is it'll actually, come, this is actually but...
2: very interesting. So, um, my, my girlfriend's coworker is for whatever reason, a Pacers fan. I <laughs> really don't understand it. He's like born and raised in Oakland. He's also a Warriors fan. Uh, but like, Oh, I do know. He's, I think it's a fam. He's got family from Indiana. Um, and so he ended up going to Pacers, Cavs game six in Indiana. So I had to ask him about the crowd differences. Um, this guy coaches basketball; like he's he's a huge hoops head, right? Like he knows more than you and or like you know it's 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 not like some dude who it's not like your average coworker. I'll just put it that way, right? Like, um, and I'm asking him, and he goes. The biggest difference is the Oracle crowd knows when to cheer and when to not. Like they know exactly what's going on. They know how to feed off the game, like with Steph 3s, like with a big dream on defensive play. And when I was there, it was game six and the pacers were going off. And um the crowd like kind of had to be somewhat instructed in terms of like. You know, like they were excited, their team was doing well, but like it wasn't as intrinsic as like how Oracle gets when like the minute Steph hits one of his crazy shots, like you know exactly how the crowd goes. Or the minute they start like digging in on defense, the way the crowd feeds off it. And I thought that was interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. No, that that's I. I mean, I, the only away stadium I've ever been to in the NBA is, is Staples, I think. Uh, so that's about it. But no, that makes sense. It's funny because the Oracle crowd gets a lot of uh, right and rightfully so. They get a lot of flack for not being as loud as it used to be, and you kind of can't out that. They're, it's yeah, not they're really pretty right much that. just
2: compared. They're compared to their best self, is what. So
1: it really is, but it's still great. I mean, I mean, I don't know about great. It's still very good. Um, regular season's not good, but I mean, guys, players don't show up, owners don't show up, media don't show up. What do you expect from that? So. But uh, it's, well, it's, it's
2: entitlement. Shot, like, we've we've see. seen we've <laughs> seen a first place regular season a few times. Like I don't know, people just aren't going to get as juiced over a Wednesday win over the Sack Kings as they did yeah, when, the, te- when the team though. was. Yeah, well, it's both. Yeah, I, like, the crowd definitely feeds off Steph and Draymond more than anyone.
1: Yeah, and like Draymond. Actually, we can just go into it. Draymond. I was going to write about this. I haven't got to it yet, but. Um, that team is – the identity is so much Draymond on defense and so much Steph on offense. The first play Steph gets on the court, he comes off a pin down screen on the baseline, jacks up a three, two feet behind the line. And then the next one, he goes with pick and roll with Draymond and gets a wide open shot for Kevon Looney. Kevon freaking Looney. And then immediately you're like, oh, my God. Like this is, this is a joke. Like they're going to drop 130, right? And then on the defensive end, you see Draymond pushing out AD and kind of not allowing him to just get post position – or lobs and you're like, if they take away AD and if Steph is able to create shots regardless of how improved the Pelicans' defense is, there's like absolutely nothing you can do because end of the day, like Clay and KD are so consistent and they're so great, but it's what Steph and Dre do on both sides that just ignites it. It's like I mean, the they more are they the, they're, they're the two, system. Yeah. They are the they system. Are, they are. Oh.
2: They're the linchpin of the offense and the defense. Oh. And there's like a, there's a great yin and yang with the two of them because it's like Draymond's ultra demonstrative, like borderline wanting to fight everyone making you know studio shows will say they want to punch him <laughs> and then like <laughs> Steph is like literally the the most mature superstar um I mean he gets into it but like you, in terms of personalities he's as like calm as you can really get right
1: you want to talk about Draymond and Barkley
2: yeah did you see the apology
1: I did I did so a couple of thoughts I tweeted it was Jason Woodlock's his mentor? He called Draymond a kid, and then he called him a good basketball player. Yes. Yeah, all so, three basically stings at the guy. Well, not not Woodlock. I just find that funny because he's a clown. So the other two is more like, all right, man, like you're apologizing because TNT, your your employer, told you to, but it's obvious you don't like the guy.
2: Well, I just think it's interesting. Like, it's it's at the core of every Warriors skeptic they don't believe Draymond's that good. Like Barkley, no matter everything he said cuts to this basic point. I think Draymond's a good role player who thinks he's better than he is. That's how they treat him. And I don't know, man, he's, I don't know how you can watch what he's do he's done against AD and not see that he's a very special player. I don't know how you can watch the Warriors for the last three four years and not see that this guy is one of the most special players in the league, right? Um, and that was my it's main. Ta- close. It's one of my main takeaways from it. Like, I don't really care if he apologized or not. I knew I knew when Barkley said it. It was kind of like, I mean. It was Barkley basically saying if I was a player, I'd want to punch that guy in the face. Not like as much about like <laughs> me, Mr. Old Man. I, I want to teach him manners. It's more like Barkley. Like, man, if I played against him. And that's exactly why Draymond is good. Because someone like Barkley would get completely out of their own game wanting to show him up instead of just playing oh, the game, right?
1: You know what that is, man? That's Chuck Westbrook.
2: <laughs> hey, your, your connection. Working connection
1: oh shit actually Is you're that, good
2: you're good go go into your good? thought
1: no yeah. <laughs> no i was just gonna say uh, that that's kind of a westbrook thing right right so um it, it's when guys and this goes for the entire warriors team it, you look at steph you're like oh uh, he's not a guy that's tough that's immediately what you think he can't play defense not that tough he, he doesn't just sure. doesn't have Draymond, the, he just doesn't small. have
2: the profile of a normal star like when you think of right. when you so, think of a star you think of jordan you think of kobe you think of like that kind of like that domineering alpha personality right
1: and a score because so so we so that that's my thing you look at these guys and you're like they don't look like stars and then you immediately go all right so i can just take advantage of this and your first thought is to just back them down to the post which is what people do to draymond and iso take take your entire game plan out or Guys like Steph, you just attack him all day long, not knowing that, hey, this guy is actually pretty strong. He plays good off ball defense too. Entirely takes you out of your rhythm. And I'm not saying that's why the Warriors win, but that's one of the few reasons why more people has doubted how great they are from not like a fan perspective, but from a NBA colleague, peers, like those type of guys, that type of perspective. Yeah, I mean Marcus order to respect. Marcus
2: wrote about it in his book and I think he said it on one of our first podcasts, but like how Steph showing a guy up is kind of like a shot to their ego. It's hard to get rid of that. It makes like you sense. See, you see yeah. it. You see it with like the John Walls of the world, and you see it with Chris Paul. Quite frankly, You're like Chris Paul, Chris Paul goes at Steph in like this, like I can't believe people think he's better than me kind of way. And it's it's not always the most advantageous way to play. Whereas like the Warriors are playing, Steph's playing the game. His opponent is playing him and it's it's just never the best way to go about it. Um the, the right, last on
1: wall does that shit.
2: Yeah, the, the last thing I'll say on Barkley, the only thing that's disappointing for me is like if you would Barkley was a physical outlier in the sense that he's 6-4 and I mean he was just he was just weird. Like he wasn't tall. He was strong and physical and athletic, but like if there's anyone who I would assume could understand that it's not all about like being six eleven and, you know, muscular and getting Draymond's game. I would have thought it would have been him, but I mean, Barkley didn't really play defense. So I don't I don't think he I don't think he views it that way. I think he really just views defense as an effort thing. He like talks about how like he wishes he tried harder on defense when he was a player.
1: And the and the fact that he shot a shit ton of threes and couldn't make them. Yeah, but that was later in his yeah. career
2: too. But anyway,
1: it, it just—it's a great—it's a great point though that you're saying. It really does emulate how Charles Barkley, by saying that, pretty much the entire rise of the Warriors really does emulate how other players feel, like Melo, LeBron, E. Wade, all those guys that were there, and they're looking at the Warriors and they're like, yo, like. Look at these fucking guys. How are they going to be? How are, how are these guys winning seventy three games? Oh, it's got to be the winning, system. It's the,
2: it's the system. Yeah. We, what, <laughs> we lock in on exactly. them. And they'll be confused. You know.
1: Yeah, we hit them in the mouth. You know, guys, smart guys, like smart guys. that I'm not going to name it, but really smart guys that that still say that and say, you know what? They don't do that nowadays in today's NBA. But what what if you just hit Steph? You know, just put him on his ass. You know, let him not go in the paint. You know, it's like, dude and and what what happens after that you put him on his ass you get a tech and what's Steph gonna do right you think Steph's the guy that's gonna start you really want to give Steph 15 shit, free like
2: throws because he's gonna just make them all you know
1: <laughs> like, and he, he's not the guy that that plays out of his game now like what do you think he's gonna do start start jacking 30 times that's probably what you don't want anyway so it's like I don't so that's that's a very common thing that's frustrating that not frustrating for them because it's good for the Warriors but I think that's what makes them that's what. Kind of cured them to to become who they are. But here's the thing: the other part of this, KD, that doesn't happen for KD. KD has that respect from everyone, LeBron especially, and from that on down, everybody loves KD. So it's a, kind of an interesting dynamic because guys look at well, the Warriors, KD's prototypical. KD's
2: exactly. I mean, he's, he's a little he's a little skinny, but I mean, <laughs> he's basically seven feet tall, and he can do everything on offense. I mean, he he really is just the pro like if I told you 15 years ago when you were younger, like, oh, there's going to be this like seven foot guy who's got a point guard handle, can shoot from 25 to 30 and, you know, can post up and do whatever he wants. Like, you'd be like, no, that doesn't exist. So it makes sense. Whereas Steph is just it's um, it's just an outlier. It goes against like everything you learned about basketball.
1: Hey, yo, I'm going to talk about Katie for a second because that that's the closer. That guy is – I don't think we – I am a large culprit of this. Don't talk about Kevin Durant enough. He went five for six in the fourth quarter and in crunch time took over that game. That guy is completely unguardable. I don't care who you have. You can have Kawhi Leonard. He roasted his ass in 2016 too. And they just throw the ball down to him. And he's, they un- and run a he's unguardable. And over.
2: He's unguardable from the quote-unquote bad areas on the court, which is such a – I mean, S- Steph and Claire are going to create use. more space than anyone, right? And obviously, it, the Warriors want to get anything at the rim they can like every other team in the league. But sometimes in games, you just need that guy who can hit like the 12 to 15 footer. And he's, he's like Dirk, man. You know, <laughs> like he's Dirk with a handle in the sense of like – you throw it in there when like just they take everything away and he'll just make it over and over again. And that's what makes your offense completely unguardable now, as opposed to just like 99% unguardable before he came. Um, Because it's like, (laughs) that's that's like the, that's like the, um, it, it is the closer. It's like they have all these counter moves, but if all those counters aren't working, they also have, you know, this kind of alien, you can just throw it into the mid post. (laughs)
1: you used to be it used to be not like a one trick kind of thing but it used to be steph and you're kind of relying on open threes for ignala and harrison barnes right but those come and go you know what doesn't come and go is a freaking 12 foot turnaround fadeaway from a guy who has essentially an eight foot standing reach or eight five whatever it is standing reach where nobody can touch him anthony davis came and helped yesterday and it did not matter so that that's that it just it's it's insane. that like, I, I would always love to have, to have the ball in his hands, but I'm starting to really enjoy just throwing it down to KD and running that 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 off ball screen with Draymond setting it for Steph. And then you got Clay on the other side. What are you going to do? Like, what are you going to do, especially when they go small ball against the Utah Jazz in the Western Conference Finals to start? You know what I
2: mean? Yeah. Oh, do you think they're going to go small against the Jazz? Because you got Gobert. I think they might. Um... I really
1: enjoy how you get into that. <laughs> well, no, so, okay,
2: so we need we need to talk on a small thing. So I think Kerr's tipped his hand enough. It, it, if Houston gets to the Western Conference Finals, which they should, uh, he's probably yeah. going to start Draymond at the five, and then we're going to get a healthy dose of max player Kayvon Looney.
1: Um, Looney's been good, man. You want to talk about Kevon for a second? He's he, been he, good. I've... I'll let you go. I'll let you go. Um I mean
2: I think we all wanted it to be Jordan Bell, but I I can't criticize Kerr for this. He's better than Bell. Um yeah. and it might actually be the best thing in the world for Bell that he's not given this role immediately because it's forcing him to work on certain shortcomings in his game like how he jumps at everything because he's the most athletic player on the court and against like half the teams in the league it works because he's that good on defense, right? But against the better teams, he's just going to get himself in a ton of foul trouble. Like we saw it in the regular season, he he would get switched onto Harden and if you aren't disciplined against Harden, you're just going to rack up fouls, right? So I actually think having Looney there, um, who's a little more disciplined, nowhere near as athletic, of course. Um it's it's forcing Bell to work on some of his shortcomings instead of just like confirmation bias because it works against half the teams in the league and half the teams in the league, you know, it's it doesn't really matter because that's not who the Warriors are playing nah, for. No,
1: you're right. You're right. You know, I, I, I roasted. I tried to get Looney out there, and, dude, he's been solid as hell. Like, on offense, he doesn't really mess up because he really doesn't need to do anything.
2: Underrated um, He just gets
1: the ball, and he finishes. Yeah. <sighs> Uh, Jordan Bell is, I think, but Kavan Ludi is, is, is he's getting better. I'll give you that. He made some nice passes last game. He was very bad against the Spurs, but that's the Spurs. Um, uh, but on defense, dude, like well, I think he, he's basically long and AD doesn't really have a go-to move, right? Like you don't really see AD with a signature move. And so he's well, and, and the, just, and the other Ludi, thing they do is that
2: doing. he can hold position until the help gets there. And he, mm. he also, um, he just doesn't make mistakes and that might yeah, that yeah. might be enough yeah. considering yeah. who you're playing next to and if it's not the core four you're talking about Igdala Livingston guys who also won't make mistakes like high IQ players you just got a guy who doesn't throw the whole thing off makes it you're better. Right. right like Zaza didn't make mistakes but Zaza started just losing too much of a step right so he couldn't get there yeah. and then javel obviously makes a ton of mistakes.
1: So you're a hundred percent, you're a hundred percent right. And I, you know, it'd be fun. It'd be like, and Davian Jones and, and Jordan are kind of the same level of, you know, athleticism and IQ, high athleticism, not high IQ. Bell's Q, a little more advanced IQ. there, but yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But you know, it, it's kind of cool. I mean, it's kind of cool. It's kind of awesome to see someone like Kavon Looney, you know, terrible hip surgery, right. Very painful, very long. And had his option declined. It's, it's a pretty neat story if I still cared about reporting and like when I tried to become what I would probably, Probably try to get an interview, like a hipster feature on Devon Looney this postseason. That'd be kind of cool. But no, man, it's good to see. It's it's good to see someone like him get a get be an actual factor on a championship team. And what, how old is he? Like twenty three or something? He's, not he's the old, youngest.
2: Right? He's younger than Bell. He's twenty one. <laughs> he's turning twenty one. He he, oh shit! Yeah, he he's turning twenty two. I don't know if it's in the next month or in the off season, but like he's the youngest player on the team. He's got. Six months on Jordan Bell, at least. So not that, you know, like that matters, but like he, if you, you forget that he was 19, you forget when they drafted him, he was 19. Uh, Both McCaw and Bell are slightly older than him. Um, Uh, I forgot about McCaw. I'm just, I'm just happy for the guy because I, I liked um, Looney as a pick because I thought he made sense to the Warriors and then, you know, he gets like three hip surgeries and you kind of watch yeah. him and you're like, this dude's never going to be anything. And now, I mean, I don't know. What do you think he gets in the offseason? It's hard to it, say. It's you not, know, the, I,
1: don't, I don't know. It might not he be gets more than, He gets more, I than guys the are lo- more than the minimum. More than the minimum. So, dude, like I, I'm starting to think that guys are realizing when they leave the Warriors, there's really nothing there. Like Ian Clark didn't get anything, right? So I don't think guys are yeah, looking at Yeah, but
2: Ian's like 26, 27, and he's a 6'3 combo guard. So I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but I can no, totally see fair. No, I, that's could, fair. I could see someone like Dallas or Brooklyn or Atlanta throwing like two years, 10 million, and the Warriors can't match that. So,
1: no, no that'd be nice. That'd be
2: good, good for Looney. Yeah, good for him, yeah. He deserves it. Um, good for him. He's about, um, about to get another what else are we going to
1: next? What's <laughs>
2: uh, that? Do we want to go more into the Pelicans right now? I think game 3 is going to be the best game of the series.
1: Yes, 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 yes. Uh, and it has They're to be. They're going to be down by 20 and then the comeback's going to be great.
2: Yeah, I don't know. Um uh, I'm I'm just thoroughly impressed with Draymond being able to hold AD down. I don't know how long he can do it. Like AD is too good, but it's No, he's going
1: to go for 30, right? At some point.
2: He's going to go for like 40 at some point.
1: <laughs> yeah you know you know what's interesting um to me is kerr's ability i think we talk about this like every week but every week there's something new that kerr does that kind of at the same time doesn't impress me and does because we just found out that steph was the one that came up with the idea we should talk about that that he should come off the bench steph came up with that idea and then kerr is also Dillidge are not forward enough to say, you know what? We're going to start small. We're not going to mess around. I like both, both things. Like I think Kerr is realizing that when the Western Western conference finals comes, there is no time to mess around. There's no time to waste six minutes of a game with Zaza. We need to go. Right. And I think that's, that's a big departure from who he was as a coach, uh, 2015, 2016, and even 2017.
2: Yeah. And actually it makes me, um, it makes me pretty happy because like it's 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 just showing adaptation. Like a stubborn coach, and he is stubborn, but everyone's stubborn in their own <laughs> way. But like Kerr wouldn't have done this two years ago. He just wouldn't have. And now yep. he kinda knows what he has to do. He knows what his best options are. And he's not trying to quote unquote fit like a square peg in a round hole. He's kind of just he's leaning into what's working instead of like being stubborn and wanting to save adjustments too much like even beyond Draymond starting Looney's the only big he's really and a little David West like he's not trying to play five bigs to see who's rolling he's going with what works and uh he hasn't really been put in a situation where he has to dig deeper yet so we'll see but like he's doing it more of this is my ten, 9 to 10 man rotation and, uh, you know, if circumstances dictate and you go deeper, I will. But, like, I'm not going to play 12 guys just for the sake of it.
1: I like it. I like. Hey, listen, it only takes one title lost because of that. <laughs> not, not really because of it, but it only takes one. T- I mean, look at that title that they lost. How many things have they changed? Count this as one. Count two as the fact that they rest guys for an extra five games when they're healthy. That's number two, right? Uh, number three is you know, obviously um, wanting to bring in Kevin Durant, right? Maybe if they win, they may not. I mean, that's probably a lie. But, and then there's another where we talk about and guys in the meeting room talk about is the fact that they want a scoring center. That's one of the big things too. So they're, they're evolving. They're not, and this is one of the reasons why they kind of don't want to go small that often. But hey, when it comes down to it, like nobody plays small ball better than you. So if you're going to lose, don't lose with Kevon Looney on the court, which is almost what they did in game five. Right? Don't lose doing that. If you're going to lose, lose a Drayvon at five and just say, hey, we're not good enough to beat this team with our best lineup. That's how you should go out. Don't go out with Fessizili and Anders Verja paying 10 minutes a game. You know what I mean? So so that that's pretty cool. I mean, that, that's nice. That's good foreshadowing for uh, when they have tougher games, which I don't know if they're going to have really too many nail biters left. I mean, looking forward, we're going to talk about this every week, but how many close games do you think they're going to play here that we're really stressed about? One, two... Uh, I don't
2: know. Let's um, <laughs> I
1: don't know. I like let's don't know. let's use
2: it. the last part of the pod to go into the uh, Eastern Conference. Um, my Raptors. Oh, this is fun. My Raptors. <laughs> Actually, they're your Raptors. The
1: Rockets. The Houston Houston Raptors. No, I, the I Northern enjoy the Northern Rockets. The Northern Rockets. The Northern. So it's like ever since the Clippers are gone because Chris Paul left that team, now Clippers is on the Rockets, so now they're the same team, right? How do you go five for 24 in the fourth quarter with half of them being wide open shots? How? If that's not choking, what is? Right? I think people are too scared to say somebody choked. I think that's that's a thing that people need to just say it. Like you say it all the time. It's like it's a thing that's factual or it's just a thing that could have happened. Don't just say it's not – say, oh, these open shots are going to go in at some point. Well, they didn't and they probably didn't because these guys were mentally soft. and that's that's,
2: by the way what a star player does because if you're gonna live and die with with outside shots from role players like they're gonna go hot and cold that's where your star has to just take over and hit two to three buckets um like we make fun of westbrook but we make fun of westbrook because he ods on it he ods on it to the point where like (laughs) no one else can get going um But like I I guess LeBron probably has the best balance of this of anyone, like kind of letting his shooters go, but then like realizing when he needs to just kind of like bang the the ball into the basket at the rim, like three possessions in a row, just because like the team needs it, right? So I mean, it's LeBron, he's the best player in the league, but it, and that's my issue with Toronto what who's their best player is it DeRozan or is it Lowry it's a good take they're kind of the That's same they're kind of the same thing right um oh they're different players but let's say they're the same level are they in your top 15 players in the NBA yeah
1: they're like 25 right yeah I don't, I don't know. know like
2: I I, if you told me you think Lowry is the 16th best player in the NBA I'd be like sure you know but like <laughs> it, like I don't even know that they're tier two stars they might be tier three stars you know like and no. even that, it doesn't matter. They're just, they're just not in that upper tier of bona fide superstars. You go to, you know, like uh, like James Harden, right? Like Harden, if he was on Toronto and that was going on, well, he'd try some some jig tactics, get some free throws. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but he would, no, he you, would I at a certain point, point, he'd put his head down and right. go to the rim. He'd do something. Yeah. Um. Or I don't know. We could play a game with a bunch of stars, but like that's kind of their issue. They, you know, it's like DeRozan and Lowry are really good. I like them, but they're just not that level.
1: And then listen, if you're gonna, if you're not gonna do that, and then you pass to the Fred Van Vliet and Jonas Valanciunas of the world, and expect them to make big plays in games against LeBron James, what the f- what do you expect? I, I kind of feel bad for them, you Houston doing all these collapses and, and losses is funny to me raptors is not as funny because they're likable and they don't really talk that much shit and they're like they just seem like nice cool guys and Demar and lowry are, are seem very like, like like Ma- each
2: other a so, awesome Gwen cool. casey's awesome yeah. they keep getting better but like they've they've hit their <laughs> ceiling talent-wise i just don't know what else to say like there's no scenario in which they can perform better than this. Unless DeRozan has some level that like I don't know about and it completely blows me away. Um I it, this is just kind of their talent ceiling.
1: It's kind of what they do.
2: Yeah. yeah it's my like Phillies,
1: you're it, your Celtics. How about that? We can go next one. I
2: I mean Boston just makes me sad. You're a genius. Bro. It just makes me sad you're that Kyrie's out. You know, by by the way, Kyrie's someone who would just go and get a bucket. Oh yeah. When, oh, yeah. And and this is, by the way, a, a reminder of the worst part of the, the stats movement, um, which by the way, I'm a big stats guy, is sometimes we kind of gotcha. under underrate the ability to just purely score in difficult situations. And I think actually Boston, when Kyrie was healthy, showed this. If you have a good enough coach and you have a willing star, you can scheme around their shortcomings and then just utilize what they do better than anyone when you need to. Right. Um, But but getting back to it, I mean, Boston just kind of makes me sad because like it'd be fun to watch what they could do with Kyrie and Hayward, but we're not going to get to for a year.
1: No. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of whack, man. That's kind of to go back to the Warriors and, and tie this all together. I was talking about it with some guys yesterday that covered the Warriors. It's just like, what? it's, it the playoffs. It really is going to be like last season, but maybe even easier, like 16 and one last season. And we really didn't see anything this season. They're going to run through the Pelicans. I think they're running through the Rockets and whoever comes out of the East Philly, not ready. And LeBron doesn't have enough help as much as we make fun of him. He really doesn't. So it's like it's going to be like LeBron back in 2015 except the Warriors are better and they have KD. So shoot, man. It's it's not just that they have KD.
2: It's like that every one of the core players is significantly better than
1: they were too. And experience too. You know what I mean? They're not scared no more. That's why they lost those games. They got scared. They were were
2: just like the the moment got to them.
1: That's what happens, right? That's what happens and it's fine. But they recovered and they won that series four two. But, um, I, dude, I I think they might not lose a game the rest of the way.
2: Well, I do think if they play Houston, <laughs> they'll for sure lose one. They're just Houston's Houston's just gonna catch fire once. It's just gonna happen. PJ Tucker's gonna hit eight threes, and then he's gonna hit no threes the rest of the series, and then people are gonna point to his thirty six percent and be like, see the percentage just played out. <laughs>
1: That's good. I like that. I like that. No, it's, it's, that's probably what they're saying tonight. I mean, Rockets made 10 threes and Utah made 15, right? So they're like, oh, the percentages are going to even out. And it's like, it's fine because you're playing the Jazz and you're more talented. But what if you, you want to play this high variance game against the Warriors? And it's like, that's not, and that's the debate, right? You want to go high variance and shoot threes? Or do you want to slow it down and pound the Warriors and, 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 and shoot a lot of shots using offensive rebounds? I think the latter works, but they're going with the former.
2: Yeah. So it's like, I'm. I mean, you know I'm an A's guy. I grew up on those money ball teams. I went to those I went to those games. And like there's nothing wrong with playing the math, but the reality is playoffs in every sport that's um a series, it's so situational. You're just playing a matchup. Like the Warriors, a perfect example is the Warriors just going small in every matchup because they're playing the percentage and like the numbers say something else, but it just is what it is. So, like, you can't, like, look at all-encompassing numbers and just be like, oh, if we just shoot enough threes. Like, you have to kind of look at the person you're playing across from you and figure out how am I going to generate the best looks. So that's what annoys hey. me about it.
0: Because no, I watch the A's you know, just Andre, choke got- it
2: away over and over again.
1: <laughs> I think some guy just had 16 strikeouts against him tonight. Shouts to your A's. Couldn't be me. Um, but, you, and you know, last one, one more quote I thought was interesting. Um, actually, we can go over the Habistro Curry uh, story too, but I, 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 I all it before the playoffs said, assholes get tight in the playoffs and Houston's 1-1 going into Utah. Utah just crushed OKC in those games. That's going to be interesting. They only need one and this baby's going six. And if it goes six and we're going back to Utah for game six and it's a, they say it's a 3-2 Houston lead and Utah, let's say, overwhelms them in a game six and we get to game seven, <laughs> assholes going to get tight.
2: Oh uh, yeah, I don't know that Utah. Utah probably had the best um, home court advantage in the you playoffs. Are the worst. Oh, I mean, they, they they just had the best. Um, I'm not gonna atmosphere. say best game of the playoffs. No. Okay. Um, okay. and I mean, as much as it upset Russell Westbrook, who by the way had no issues for the fact that his crowd, you know, hurled n bombs <laughs> at the Warriors over and over again. But we can't, we can't. You know that that's different because he plays for Oklahoma and he knows they're good people. Um, I'm so. Can I rant on this real quick?
1: Please take all the time that you have, that you he need. He
2: is right. Fans who do, who say stuff to athletes and do stuff like that's wrong. I would never do that. I don't encourage anyone else to. It's just so hypocritical for a dude who shows no respect for anyone. Ask anyone who's interviewed him, he acts like a dick. And then secondarily, dude, your arena is notorious for what you're accusing Utah of. And like it's not just the Warriors, like ask other teams, it's a known thing. This stuff never gets published because it's bad for business. Like you don't need to put it out there that like certain arenas stuff gets said courtside that's not kosher but it happens like you know it like do we need to talk about cleveland again it's a known fact these are these are like i don't i mean maybe people lie to me all the time but like i i don't know i i kind of believe them so i don't know but you know (laughs) when you're when you're the underdog you can do what you want
1: (laughs) that's how we got to go out man that was well well done all
2: right we'll get out of here um I guess we'll probably, unless the Pelicans turn this into, uh, if it pushes six, we'll go emergency pod, but we'll probably wait until after this.
1: Where's the Congress finals preview next week?